Welcome to Recovery Unplugged. Well, we believe recovery is more than just sobriety or just uh, staying sober. And so today we are in the Colony Chapel where God has been doing work in here for over 124 years. My name is Chaplain Juan. I'm the director of the Colony Mercy. And I'm Diara Mendez. I am the Enriched Counselor here at America's Keswick. I work with the wives, girlfriends, and fiancés of the men in the colony, as well as a counsel at Barbara's Place. Um, and I've also been doing some work um, in abuse recovery with a program called Her Journey. And today's topic is uh, we, we want to unpack codependency. Now, when you hear the word codependency, you're probably thinking, is that a psychological term? And in, in, in looking at it, is it biblical reference in it? But today we want to just uh, uh, share a little and op open up the window to kind of understand it a little better so that uh, we're working on interdependence, which is in biblical. The Bible is always talking in First Peter 4.10, it says, each one of us, whatever gift he has received, to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in various ways. Absolutely. So codependency, when we talk about it, um, is really referring to uh, a few things. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and just check in with yourself and see if any of these resonate. Do you sometimes um, accept unacceptable behavior? Do you find yourself resenting responsibilities that you take on because you've said yes when you really prefer to say no? Do you consistently put your needs and your desires aside so that you can help someone else? Or perhaps you have trouble expressing what you act, your own emotions and your own needs. I have a couple questions myself. Oh yeah, <laughs> go for it. Do you ever feel fearful that not doing something will cause a blow up or make a person leave you or even result in violence? I call that not being objective, not having ability or freedom to be objective. Uh, do you feel like you can be objective in your relationship? Do you ever lie to cover for somebody else's mistake? You know, do, does it cause you to sin to, to cover somebody else's uh, issues? Uh, do you consistently assign blame for problems to other people rather than the one who is really responsible? We see that a lot in the recovery paradigms. Do you continue to offer help when it never it, when it's never appreciated or acknowledged? Mm, those are some good questions. And if you answered yes to some of those, or I know that I did, I have to be honest, um, <laughs> then it's important for you to listen to what we have to say today because um, codependency really uh, impacts our recovery. Um, when we are recovering, um, we are in need of relationships. Uh, isolation is really the antithesis of being in recovery. And so since recovery is relational, um, engaging in bad relationships or codependent relationships, it can really hinder our recovery. And so we want to talk a bit about it today um, because we want everyone that is listening to be able to enter their recovery or help a loved one in a way that honors God and honors themselves. So why is it important to talk about codependency? Well, relationships, uh, like uh, Diara was mentioning, are important. Uh, they are important to God. God created it. The relational dynamics, you see it uh, from the beginning um, in, in Adam and Eve. And, and throughout history, uh, God had built us to be communal. Mm -hmm. And so there's important. And so you, you want to involve yourself in healthy relationship. And so what? first of all, what is it and what is it not? Um uh, you ever heard the word enabling? Mm -hmm. Enabling and codependency goes together. Enabling is a term that typically is used in the uh, recovery, addiction, substance abuse paradigm. Uh, but codependent, it doesn't always mean you're helping is that. And so it's not, all help is not bad. Mm 
You see Jesus throughout scriptures, assisting, helping, healing, feeding, all help is not bad. You must ignore all people. That's not what we're talking about. God has called us to esteem others, to serve others. It's just not a secular term that we made up or uh, or, or the world gets to have, right? It's not just a, a psychological term. Um, and, it's, and, and sometimes we think that there's no spiritual implications when we hear words like that. Uh, and so... Absolutely. Um, when we talk about the spiritual implications of codependency, really what we're talking about is the fact that it interrupts the design that God has actually created for our relationships. Um, Juan mentioned in the beginning this term interdependence. He created us to be in relationship, to be in family with one another in a way where each person takes responsibility for themselves and can offer the support to their loved ones and to those around them without detracting from who they are. But if I was to give a general definition of what codependency is, codependency is really um, an adaptive coping mechanism that people use to kind of impulsively and compulsively um, find their worth and their value by either helping somebody else, meddling in somebody else's business, um, trying to meet these per what they think are the needs of other people. Um, but if I was to put it more simply, because I know that sounds like a lot of mumbo jumbo, <laughs> it's an addiction to people, places, or things, mm. um, or behaviors. Um, it's not necessarily an addiction to a substance, but you can be addicted to a person or a relationship. And I can tell you a man that struggled with addictions for a good part of my life. I knew the people that were codependent and, and I knew that those are the ones that I can draw to to meet my resources, to enable me, to keep me going in the things that I need. And so I knew how to sort them, sort them apart. And so the ones with boundaries, I knew that they would, they would challenge me, they would encourage me. And then also I knew the ones that would kind of let me uh, enable me in my addiction. Absolutely. Um, for instance, uh, my dad uh, was the one that struggled in our family with drugs and alcohol. And so I didn't know what a boundary was. Mm. And, you know, it was very easy for him to manipulate and very easy for me to try and control situations, mm. even as I got older and I no longer lived in that house. Mm. Mm. That's good. So why does it cause problems? Uh, codependency can be a destructive and as addictive as the person on addiction. Can I share a little bit about how it works in addiction, like a literal sense? Uh, I'm just going to change some names just kind of for this podcast. Uh, uh, John. Uh, John was struggling with addiction for some time. Uh, he was going through recovery. Uh, he uh, started doing well. Um, his, uh, his parents uh, was on a journey with them, and they didn't know how to understand. They didn't understand addiction completely, and so they went from helping, uh, encouraging to helping in a way that it was hurtful. And specifically, I got a call from uh, one of his parents one day, John had relapsed, and they didn't know the uh, how to separate uh, or be uh, create boundaries for John. And what happened was uh, I, I started talking them through about, you know, uh, having boundaries, loving him to life, uh, uh, encourage him in other ways. And what what the parent what the one parent say, uh, said to me is that I rather him die in my house rather than die in the streets. And at that moment, I knew that she was codependent to him and didn't have the ability to be objective in that relationship. Absolutely. Um, 
In a nutshell, uh, oftentimes people don't feel empowered to be able to do what is necessary, to be able to speak hard truth um, and to be able to um, you know, set the, I mean, set the necessary consequences. And we'll talk a little bit more about boundaries in a bit. But you have some biblical references. Right? Well, sometimes in the Bible, we, we're, we're like linear thinking. We either call it sin or not sin, law or grace. And we kind of linear thinking like that. But if you look at the Bible and in and, and, and the relational dynamics in the context, a lot of times you see the relational dynamics. There were codependencies within some of those relationships. I even think about how Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve, it's interesting that Adam and Eve was in the garden. And neither in Adam, in his relationship with Eve, didn't have the ability or, or wasn't empowered or he wasn't able to be objected to say, no, you shouldn't do that. Like he seems like he was in, um, that he didn't have the ability to separate what was right. And he knew what God was sharing it to him. Uh, and I think about King Ahab, Jezebel. Uh -huh. That's a good one, I too. I remember yep. that. You always hear about the Jezebel spirit and how Jezebel. And I look at the story of uh, Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel, you know, brought in the worships of Baal in First Kings. You see the story. And, and, and King Ahab, uh, the northern king, did not have the ability to kind of uh, share truth and to walk in truth, the ability to say no. And she kind of ran circles around mm -hmm. and kind of destroyed a lot of the relationships. Uh, and Absolutely. sin was all in the camp. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have the ability to kind of say no to some of those things. And, and so uh, and I think about King Solomon, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because Solomon is deemed one of the wisest men in the world, you know, through scripture. And yet he didn't have the ability to, to, to not allow all these things in his life, all these relationships in his life, in the kingdom, and kind of disrupt his testimony the ability. And I, and, I, and I think God, for my wife, um, we have a relationship when you talk about um, codependency, where she has permission uh, to share truth to me. She has permission to to call me on the curve. And and likewise, and likewise, yeah. likewise I, I do it a little more than she does, but I'm still working on the other part. <laughs> yeah. It's like codependent, then it's all the way on the other side, which is... We're not perfect. And so, yeah. yeah. And we so we understand. But, you know, all of these biblical references just let us know that there's something that we've talked about the term enabling. Um, but there was an enabling spirit, a part of these relationships where these individuals were incapable of adding, um, of setting boundaries and actually allowing the natural consequences for that person's behavior. Imagine if Adam had allowed just the natural consequences to fall on Eve without partaking. I mean, instead, he partook in her sin. Mm. And so that's really what we're talking about. When people step in to solve other people's problems or the addict's problems, um, you're actually taking away their motivation to get help. You're making it easier for them to stay the way that they are. Mm. Um, I always like to tell folks that I'm counseling with uh, that are in codependent type relationships or with an addict that, um, you know, get out of God's way. You're not Holy Ghost Jr. Um, God does not need your help to protect this person from themselves. He actually needs this person to bottom out, as we say, recovery, uh, so that he can draw them closer to himself. Yeah. We talked about spiritual application. You make a good point. Um, if you're not dealing with your uh, these issues in your own life, you're actually getting in God's way Absolutely. and his work in somebody else's life. So sometimes you got to let people fall. You got to let people go through them those struggles and allow it to work in the way God wants it to work. I know the words tough love don't show up exactly in the Bible, but yeah. I mean, what does else does God do for us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he showed me some tough love. Throughout. So, so. 
we're going to talk a little bit more. We've been throwing around this word called boundaries. How can codependency be addressed and remedied? And so a boundary, a boundary in its simplest form is a divider. It is a wall. It is a protector, meaning this is where I stop. This is where you stop. Just as when we have property, the boundaries of the property could be a fence. It could be the walls mm. of the building. It's the windows. Imagine a house that had absolutely no doors or no windows. That means anybody could run in and out anytime they felt like it. Um, but when you have deterrence, when you have windows, when you have walls, when you have face, I mean, fences, folks know where they can go and where they can't. Um, I just thought of something funny. We have young children and we have a three-year-old where we close the fence and we push down the gate handle and it's really hard so she can't open it. Um, and just the other day, she decided to climb the fence over the boundary rather than yeah. actually yeah, <laughs> use the gate. <laughs> which is a good point because the boundaries create safety. Right. Uh, we created an environment for her uh, to play, for them to play, to be safe and to... and and, and when she crosses out of boundary, there's traffic, mm -hmm. there's there's other other issues out there. And so when we work outside of boundaries, God gives us boundaries, we are in danger Absolutely. of other. And just like I discipline our child for crossing the boundary of our fence, mm. um, it's the same thing when we're in relationship with others. The consequences that we impose, and I know that people hate that term consequences, but um, it's the, the results. It's what I'm going to do if I've set this boundary and you cross it. Um, you know, that helps other people to know what's okay to do in our relationship and what is not okay. I, I'm I'm a big uh, Paul fan. I love the Pauline letters. I love what he does in scriptures. And I especially like uh, uh, the scripture when it says walking in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't understand, like when we're operating in these fleshly type of relational uh, dynamics. And, you know, walking in the spirit kind of shows us and, and, and demonstrates like what it looks like. It, am I being loving in a relationship? Am, am I being patient mm -hmm. and, and goodness? And in and, and Galatians 5, 16, it kind of shares like what is the fruit of the spirit? So allowing God to, and you know what the spirit, it exposes those things when you're not walking uh, in according to how God would want you to walk Absolutely. within a relational dynamic. Absolutely. So, the ways that it would look, I know we've talked about boundaries, we've talked about walking in the spirit, but if I, I was to say like, this is what it looked like. Um, folks who are operating healthily in relationships as Christians, they can be good and loving, and they know that they're serving others from an attitude of gratitude for mm -hmm. what God has done for them. Mm -hmm. Codependency comes from a place of, I'm getting my needs met by serving you, versus this is out of the overflow of what I know the Lord has already done for me and in me. Um, it also means that when we do things for the benefit of someone else, it's done unselfishly. It's with the concern for the other person um, and that you're actually seeking their best uh, for, for them, which ultimately for mm. everyone as believers, the best is we want to point them toward Jesus. Mm. And so when we're loving in a healthy way, we're always shepherding and pushing a person back to Christ and not to us. And then lastly, we can choose to serve sacrificially. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate example of what that looks like. But what I love about, you know, the story of the crucifixion is he never lost his power mm. 
to put his life down and to take it back up. He always maintained that power. And so people who are in um, healthy relationships, they operate with that power that they know I'm making a sacrifice by choice. I'm not being coerced. I'm not being manip- manipulated. And they know that they have a choice to say they have a, the choice to say no or yes, and it would be perfectly fine with them. Uh, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to uh, topics like uh, codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of ethical things. If you're a practitioner out there, if you're a pastor out there, if you're a lay person out there, um, I, I always kind of uh, wrap it up into it says help, but do no harm. Yes. And so when you're in these relationships, are you causing harm? Harm? within the decisions you're making and in how you're handling handling these relationships. Awesome. Yeah, um, it all boils down to whether or not um, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and that we hear clearly from God what we're supposed to do in our next actions. Thanks again for joining us to Recovery Unplugged, where recovery is more than just sobriety. Uh, God wants us to, to be whole in our spirit, in our mind, in our soul. God bless you. God bless you.